What impact will the Lamar Jackson contract have on the Baltimore Ravens, both in the present and the future? We talk about how Lamar's contract impacts 2023 and the rest of what the Ravens could do this offseason. Also moving into the future and talking a bit about how you could impact Baltimore's moves then. Also diving into draft pick contracts, how that is changing over the course of the NFL landscape and what it means for the Ravens. All that and more coming up next on this midweek edition of Locked On Ravens. You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostrecker of Ravens Wire, and we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in and making us your first listen each and every day for available all podcasting platforms, including over in video form on YouTube. And this episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp connects you with a licensed therapist who can take you on that journey of self-discovery. From wherever you are, visit betterhelp.com slash locked on today to get 10% off of your first month. And we're back. It's a mini condition of the show when we have Brian McFarlane, Raven's salary cap, back with us here today of Russell Street Report. And Brian, I'm excited to have you back and honestly excited that Lamar's deal is done so I can have you back on the show to talk about it. And it's crazy because you know, the Odell deal gets signed. You're thinking, well, when when's the next Lamar contract going to get signed? But now I feel like for what the Ravens have, there's a lot that goes into what this team is. And Lamar is the, the big part of that, the big piece. So how surprised were you at the end of the day that Lamar got this deal, especially on draft night when it all went down? So I was, you know, it, there was some rumors, some rumblings the day before. Um, so, you know, but we've had those before, (laughs) you know, so you couldn't be totally sure if it really meant anything, but, um, I certainly think that, you know, the Jalen Hurts deal getting done really kind of set the parameters, uh, in place for a new deal. And, and I think from that point forward, it was, you know, um, obviously they were able to get it done. And uh, so it's it's a big relief, I think, for all Ravens fans. And some aren't happy about the deal, I guess. But I think overall, hopefully, he, any any of those, he will change their opinion as we go forward next season. Right. And, and hopefully that's the case. I know you have the – ends up being a five-year deal. So the next five years is going to be in Baltimore, 260 total money with – 185 of that in practical guarantees and the 135 which was fully guaranteed at signing there i mean did you like the deal when when it first when you first got all the details and it only came out about a couple days ago because there was no agent to file the contract with you got to get it from lamar how how did you like the deal and the particulars of it yeah i mean i think it i mean it's pretty well in line with um you know at least the overall numbers are pretty well in line with the reported offer from back in September. I mean, it's really only what five million more, um, or, or a couple actually two million more per year because the the deal back then was fifty million, and basically uh, about ten million more in fully guaranteed money. So, I mean, it's really or just a couple million more. So, really, just right in line with that. Which, which makes some sense because that's the way contracts generally work. You know, the next guy gets a little more than the guy before. And so Hertz bumped it up a little for Lamar. And um, But I think the, the Hertz deal, you know, I think when we talked about this the last time, I, I didn't see fully a fully guaranteed deal like Watson's happening. So, you know, um, the Hertz deal, 
I think in, in Cincinnati and, and San Diego, or San Diego, Los Angeles, uh, aren't exactly cash, uh, heavy team so that you know those two quarterbacks aren't likely weren't likely or aren't still likely to get fully guaranteed so you know i think the hurts deal once that happened um you know at that point lamar decided let's cut the best deal we can and, and move forward yeah and i know he's he kind of said in his press conference oh, Jalen didn't really impact but i don't know if it felt like he was waiting on one of those you know maybe called the big four like hurts herbert burrow lawrence to get that deal and that maybe pushed things along but in terms of actual flexibility brian for what the ravens can do now obviously the first year cap hit for lamar from the 32.4 million on the non-exclusive franchise tag it is now down to 22 million so it saves them about 10 million in cap space was, was that about where you were at least what you projected the ravens to get in savings and then what can that do for them moving forward here yeah i mean i think that's um the numbers were a little different the bigger signing bonus i had kind of I'd kind of put it right in that area, to be honest with you. I, I'd put a $60 million bonus and a $10 million um, um, base salary, which came out to $22 million. So I, I was actually, my, a lot of my guesses were right there. The structure was different. Obviously, they want a bigger signing bonus, um, which, you know, which will affect in the future. And of course, there are going to be several bonuses involved. Um, you know, from a team perspective, they probably would have liked to have a six-year on there. Uh, from Mars' perspective, certainly understand, especially since he got the uh, the the no cap pledge, which is huge for him. Um, so he doesn't have to go through this again the next time. Um, so you know, from that standpoint, I mean, I think it all worked out pretty well for both sides. I think it's a fair contract, and for this year, it gives them that ten million. Now they haven't restructured any of their major contracts. Their Stanleys, their Humphreys, they're going to have to do some of that. I mean, they only have about 13 million right now, and that's we don't we don't know uh, uh, Rocky Asin's uh, numbers yet, and the Zay Flowers still has to sign, so that's going to take a bite out of those of that 13. And your you know your off season numbers between you know having not having space for uh, injuries in the in the, as as the season goes on, your practice squad, your practice squad elevations, and and all. Um, yeah, and you know, those are, that's, that's kind of like 15 million, you know, in, in set asides you need. So right now they're still kind of, uh, under, underwater from a cap perspective, even though 13 million sounds really nice. So I always, uh, on Twitter, always have to try and caution people that, Oh, who's, you know, who are we going to sign? Who are we going to sign? Not yet. But so they, but they've got those restructures in their back pocket, which they'll, they'll pull out when they need them. And they've got the flexibility to maybe even to use that 13 it's not this 13 per se that they're going to use but um they've got enough i think they can make with just simple restructures without void years they can make another 26 if they wanted to now that's eating into the cap future cap space so you you want to be careful with that especially since they've used void years to do that already so um so but you know there it gives them the flexibility this year to whether it's a Marcus Peters or whether it's a Justin Houston or another guy from the outside to come in. I mean, nobody's going to be terribly expensive at this point unless some big name gets uh, inexplicably released or traded at this point. Yeah, and I know there have been a lot of people who have talked about, you know, Brian, the, the course of like, oh, well, they're going to sign like five different people. Like they're going to bring in Marcus <laughs> yeah. Peters and Adrian Amos and JPP and Justin Houston. How, how many of those moves do you think is flexible? They have the flexibility to bring in with the current salary cap as it is right now and not touching anything. 
Yeah, I mean, you got to, I mean, one of the factors is, will they continue to use void years? But, you know, I mean, Justin Houston was three and a half million last year. I, you know, I don't think he's going up from that much. Uh, Pierre Paul was a very uh, minor deal. Now they had, they both had incentives that they were able to get paid more. Um, and Marcus Peters, you know, it's an interesting one because I would have thought he would have signed somewhere for a decent enough deal. And um, clearly it doesn't, I mean, we have I mean, it doesn't sound like he's visited. There's been no news reports on him at all, really. Um, so, and I know his tape wasn't the greatest last year, but, and he's, he's hit 30. So, but he's still, you know, a savvy veteran and certainly other savvy veterans are getting signed. So it, it gets, he get 4 million, you know? So I think they probably got a move or two in that three to 4 million range. And of course, if they use, they use void years they can take that number down to maybe two million you know something like that so i think i think yasin's numbers when we get those over hopefully over the next couple days i think that'll be very telling again whether they're going to continue to use the void years and i would i would think peters would be in that kind of range um and i think actually all the guys we mentioned will probably be in that kind of range yeah, and again, I think a lot has to do with, well, we don't really know what the Yassine numbers are because it was up to $6 million. So like Odell's, like, what are those incentives to get him right. to that number? The Odell ones, you know, seem pretty reasonable for some extent. Like, I think he's probably going to hit a couple of them at least. But for Yassine, it could come in, in different measures. But do you feel like, Brian, there's one big move left for the Ravens? Or is it kind of they're, they're done at this point? And it's going to be smaller moves. Yeah, I think it's probably smaller moves. And again, I don't know what the big move out there would be. I mean, I don't I think the the Hopkins thing when you when you draft flowers, I think the DeAndre Hopkins thing. I mean, I think that ship sails. And I don't know that the Cardinals would move him now when you can't get a draft. Couldn't you know, your draft pick is until next year. So that. Yeah. So I, I don't I think that one certainly that would probably be the the big move. And again, I mean, maybe some big veteran gets, un, you know, unexpectedly released or, or does, you know, they pull a trade out. My guess is they will save cap space and the Costa lamented it um, two years ago when they did not have the cap space to make a in-season trade. Um, and obviously, you know, what it was Peters the year before, you know, it was Peters the year, two year or three years ago. And then obviously Roquan Smith last year. So, uh, he, I think he likes to have that, you know, arrow in his quiver, so to speak. So I think they'll, um, they'll, they'll hold some for that. Um, and I mean, that could be the next big move, you know, there's some minor moves now, but you know, with the idea that it, well, we need to go, you know, with injuries or, or, you know, just the underperformance, we've got a hole in our roster and, and there's a guy out there we can go get. Yeah. And that, that's a good point. Cause I feel like Eric DaCosta does like to save that. And also salary cap casualties later in the off season. Once we hit the sure. end of the preseason guys will get cut then. So maybe there's not a guy that you like now at a certain position, but then come a couple months from now, there will be that. And then you can save that flexibility for them. Cause you know, the Ravens, I think they've been in that market somewhat. Obviously I think they like the guys they have, but there's a guy that unexpectedly becomes available and it's at a position you need. I think Baltimore wants to be in that conversation. So I think Lamar's deal does give them flexibility for this year for sure. But coming up in the second part of the show, we'll be diving into what it means for the future years on that deal. So be sure to stay tuned a ton to dive into on Lockdown Ravens. But first, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. And you can spend a lot of time on other people throughout the course of any given week. But how much time do you spend on yourself? For me, I want to make a balance between how much time I have for myself and then how much I actually go and spend 
on other people because it's so easy to get caught up in what everyone else needs from you. And, you know, sometimes it can never take a moment to think about what you need from yourself, how to recenter yourself, recalibrate after a tough week, etc. But when we spend all of our time giving, it can leave us feeling stretched thin and burned out. And therapy can give you the tools to find more balance in your life. So you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. And there are so many different benefits to therapy. And so many people have had so many positive experience with it, whether it's from things like learning positive coping skills, now to set boundaries to things like empowering you to be the best version of yourself. It can be so helpful. And it isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It is for everyone. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with licensed therapists and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash on today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash on. We're back. Our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still here with Brian McFarland of Russell Street Report. And Brian, I know with, with this deal, how it was structured, I think a lot of people were excited to see the cap savings for this year. But then you have the cap hits, you know, going up here from 22 to 33 in 2024. Then you have 43 and a half in 2025. And then 2026 and 2027, people probably looked at that deal and they're like, what, 74 and a half million dollars? Like, how are they going to manage that? How do you look at these cap hits and what they could actually be in terms of maybe you restructure it? Can you do that with this contract? What is the flexibility for the future years with this Lamar deal? Yeah, I mean, it 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 is it has a structure, and obviously, again, there's the no no franchise tag there, which which pushes to get a deal done sooner rather than later, an extension sooner rather than later, and certainly that almost seventy five million number does now. Obviously, you know, from our standpoint, we, you know, the team's able to, um, they have a better idea of what they expect the cap to be in those years. Um, you know, maybe it's not that crazy because um, we're certainly expecting big spikes in the overall cap over the next few years. Um, that said, you know, usually by the fourth year of a deal, restructures are go- or extensions are going to happen. You know, we just heard today there was some breaking, I would call it breaking news, but that the Chiefs and, and Mahomes were going to, you know, go back to the draft. I mean, he's woefully underpaid. He's been woefully underpaid. I mean, his, that deal was a sweetheart deal for Kansas City. And and he, you know, he never got a big signing bonus. I mean, and his big cap numbers are really just starting to hit. Um, so, um, you know, that's where you go in and say, okay, well, you know, instead of, uh, you know, a, um, you know, a huge $50 million salary, you know, $51 million salary in Lamar's fourth year, then we're going to uh, extend, you know, we're going to give you most of that or, or more in a signing bonus. And we're going to drop that down and, and then, you know, and then spread that money out. So I would think, and I mean, that's what that's, you know, I mean, Joe Flacco's deal was the same way. The fourth year, the first three years were relatively reasonable in the fourth year, uh, you know, went up. Um, now, some people have pointed out that that fourth year isn't guaranteed presently. That's the key, presently. Um, and they're missing the point that that will become uh, fully guaranteed if he's on the roster in sometime in March of the third year. And he's not going anywhere at that point because you've got a lot of dead money in, in place. So um, that's a bit of a fallacy that it's a three-year deal and then we could cut him and move on. Um, that, that's, it's not really structured that way because 
before that third year, that big fourth year, that $51 million fourth year is going to come fully guaranteed. And that's these vesting options, which a lot of these kind of deals use. And that's why the deal really comes out to be pretty close to, I mean, it's going to be over, it's really over 200 million fully guaranteed. I mean, the reality is, you know, call it a virtual guarantee or practical guarantee. It's not fully guaranteed, but it essentially is. So, so that's, that's where the rubber meets the road. And obviously now, you know, maybe if he has two terrible years, God forbid, you know, over the next two years, maybe they, they bite the bullet and get rid of him and, and, you know, take the big hat cap hit before it gets worse, so to speak. But um, certainly they're not, you know, they didn't do this deal planning on that. They did this deal planning on, you know, in sometime in 2025 or 2026, we're going to, we're going to extend him out uh, and go from there. Yeah. And so I feel like with even like the no, tag and the no trade clauses i feel like baltimore is willing to do that because they were so adamant throughout this process that this is our guy we want him here he's our quarterback it's a win for lamar for sure to have those two clauses like that's oh, an yeah. absolute if, you, if you're saying who who won that lamar wins that but i don't think the ravens really care because they want lamar in baltimore no no exactly that. yeah and i mean you know in, in theory these next five years are the best five years of his career Right. You know, I mean, he's still in his still be in his twenties for most of those years. You know, um, not that he not the quarterbacks can't play well in their thirties, but when running is a big part of your game, you know, maybe a thirty-one or thirty-two, he starts slowing down. I mean, he's pretty superhuman, but at some point, you know, uh, it, he may slow down some, and then you know, maybe five years down the road, everybody's willing to you know move on. Who knows? Even if he plays well. Or if they just can't get the deal done, you know, we'll, we'll move on. So uh, I don't think they're, you know, planning on that, certainly. But, you know, I think that I think it's structured so that they can if, if worst case scenario, it happens that way. It happens that way. And I'm excited. I know the Ravens and obviously the Moro to see him in this new offense under Todd Monkey sure. and kind of how he can air this football out. I mean, he said, you know, throwing for 6,000 6, yards, right. LJ6K is now what they're calling him. So right. I'm excited to see that and just how much of that running is a part of his game. Obviously, it, it is like he is a dual threat guy, amazing arm, amazing legs. But I'm excited to see that. But Brian, you look at the void years again, 2028 and 2029. It's an eight million dollar cap hit and then a four and a half million dollar cap hit. If the LDL deal didn't happen the way it did, I'm sure we'd be sitting here saying like, oh, wow, they use void years. Like this right. is so new, but it seems like now they're willing to dip into that pool and use the void years. So what is the what do those void years mean for this deal in particular? And I mean, were you shocked that you see a couple at the end of this? No, I wasn't because, well, once I saw there was a, so there's a signing bonus initially, and then there's an option bonus next year, and then another option bonus the year after. And once I saw that third option bonus, I was pretty sure that they were going to have void years in there because the op the, the option bonuses can be only be spread out over the remaining years of the contract. Well, if it's a five-year deal and in the third year you get an option bonus, if it's a straight five-year deal, that bonus only gets spread out over those three years, years three, four, and five. You add the two void years on and you can spread it out over the maximum of five. You can't spread out any more than five under the CBA. So so that didn't surprise me. It does mean if the contract ends after five years and he moves on, um, then they do have twelve and a half million in dead money on the cap. Uh, but that's in twenty twenty eight. Um, you know, they took was it like sixteen million dead money when Flacco when when they traded Flacco. Um, and that was, you know, four or five years ago. Um, so 
12, 12 and a half million sounds like a lot and you'd rather not have to deal with it. But in 2028, that's not going to be compared to where the cap's going to be. It's not going to feel, you know, it's not going to hurt as much as it sounds, I guess, because the cap is going to be, geez, 250. I don't know. You know, um, I'm sorry, 350. I shouldn't say 250. It's 225 this year. So 350, maybe, maybe not that high, but it's certainly gonna be over 300 by then. So, um, you know, so that that's so in, in a way, I mean, I think, especially when you're using void years that far off. Now, all the other void years they use this year will hit next year. And I think that's like seven between Odell and, and the others. Uh, and the others were relatively minor, but I believe it's close to 20 million in dead money. So that hurts because that's next year, you know, um, whereas the, uh, avoid years six years down the road and 12 and a half million. Well, it sounds like a lot. I, I don't think that's now. So it'll be interesting. Next year will be interesting to see if they continue to use them or if this was just we need to get Lamar done and we needed then once we got Lamar done, we needed to, you know, work it out so we can create. And again, because it's the five years, I mean, you look at these a lot of these other deals. Hertz's deal was six total. Um, Allen's deal was eight total, I think. And and Mahomes deal was like 10. So, you know, the, the longer the deal, the more you can spread those out. If this is a seven year deal, you don't need the void years because you've got those prorations. Um, you know, you don't you don't need to add that on or worry about taking that dead money on the back end. Yeah, and there's so many intricacies of these contracts, too, which makes it so interesting how they can all be different. How this is, you know, going into this process, Brian, I said deals like this don't come together quickly, especially one of this magnitude where the oh, Ravens no. have never had to shell out this kind of money for a player before. So it was new territory. I mean, we can we talk about the Flacco deal, but this is on a whole other stratosphere compared to what that was. But then people are interested, I think, in terms of what this still means for the future, Brian. Like, for example, Eric DaCosta went on, on the lounge and talked about Patrick Queen and said, well, you know, we'd love to have Patrick Queen back. And I'm thinking, well, I'm sure they'd love it, but can they do it is, is the question. And that that's key here. Yeah, and I mean, I don't know. I mean, you know, they they, they rarely, and especially for a guy who's on the roster still, you know, I don't think he's going to come out and say, well, you know, we'll see, you know, we'll say goodbye to Patrick at the end of next year or uh, this coming season even. So, um, you know, but I, I didn't, I really didn't think they were going to trade him because I just don't think the trade value was there. And certainly now that the draft is gone now, could he be a guy potentially that could be used as a, you know, trade chip in, you know, if they, if they feel, you know, if they feel Simpsons come along well and it's mid season, it's trade deadline. And can we, you know, can we trade Patrick for, you know, somebody to come in that can help at a different position? I mean, I could, I could see that, but I mean, I think they do value him. And I, as, as, as DaCosta said, I mean, he played really well and the, the two of them together. So, you know, do you, you weaken your team by trading him for a fifth round pick? I don't know that that's worth it, you know? Um, so they, what didn't surprise me, they traded him now. And, 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 and I think DaCosta is right to an extent. He said it was economics and $12.7 million for Queen next year on the cap. That's, that's hard to do. And that's going to be hard to do. I think they have about, um, I haven't worked it all up with the rookie signings yet, but I think they'll have about 21 million in cap space at this point. Now they're going to be cuts and all those kinds of different things that go on. So, but if you take 12 and 0.7 million of that 21, I mean, that's, you know, it's over half. That's a big chunk of it. If they did extend and if they did actually get down to talking to them, you know, here, here you go. Now your this cap number in the first year is 4 million, you know, and that, so that's your, you know, your 2024 is, 
number cap number is four million, not twelve point seven. So I think from I think he's right from the and it's fully guaranteed as well. So if Queen gets hurt and can't even play, so I think it's a strategic slash economic move, and it buys him another year to see if if Queen, you know, if if the second half of last year was was real or a mirage. And if it turns out it was a mirage, then you're not obligated to that 12.7. And if it's real, then you can you either get a you get a nice contract out of him. You can always franchise him if need be. Um, at that point, if and then that, that's going to you know, well, linebackers are all shoved into one, so it's not 12.7. Unfortunately, it's going to be higher than that. But um, so you know, but I think that I think from that standpoint, I think it buys him another year to figure it out without, without um, exposing themselves to uh, difficulty or trying to trade him for, you know, cause nobody's good. If he stinks, nobody's trading anything for him for a $12.7 million cap number. Yeah. And I think for what the Ravens have now, we, we've seen those two play together real close with the Patrick queen, the value that they can provide. And I, I say, Brian, it's like they're, they're pushing their chips in the middle, but it's not like the Rams where that was literally that year. And if they didn't win the Super Bowl that year, it was it. And that was a failure where if they don't win this year, they can still like be competitors. Obviously, you have Lamar there. He's the key to this whole thing. But obviously, you know, you have Odell on the one year deal. Racassin's on the one year deal. You know, San Aguilar too. a couple free agents. I know there's questions about, will the Ravens pay J.K. Dobbins after this season if he right. has a great year. So there are those questions, but again, you, you now have like, how, how did the, how were the Ravens able to sign Roquan to that deal when Lamar was still on sign? How are the Ravens able to sign Marcus Williams? Well, Marcus Williams and his cap, it is $7 million this year. You know, yeah, they, well, that's going to go up. That, yeah, these first two years, that's going to go up big time. Oh, hundred. Yeah. Sa- same year, with, yeah. same with Roquan Smith and you know, how, yeah. how they signed him to that deal. You look at Roquan Smith, like right. how were they able to get him? His cap hits 9 million right. on a five-year, $100 million contract. And it's almost like, you know, the, the big Andrews and Stanley and Humphrey contract is those go out. The other ones will slot in and it, yep. it's a nice little slide that they have there. And I, I think it's a good way to structure things, but coming up in our final segment, we'll wrap up the Lamar conversation about the future and also talk about the Ravens draft picks in their contract. So be sure to stay tuned. Still to dive into on locked on Ravens here. We're back rounding out locked on Ravens. Kevin O'Shaker still here with Brian McFarland and, Brian, just wrapping up the Lamar conversation, I know there are some people that are worried about, well, now Lamar signed this deal and there are all these cap hits. How are they going to be able to keep everybody or make moves in the future? You talked about they had about 20-ish, 21-ish million dollars in cap space, at least projected now for next year. Is there any worry in your mind that this Lamar contract will at some point hinder their ability to improve their team, or is that not a concern for you? Well, I mean, it's uh, this obviously with this kind of contract, injury, of course, is is a big concern, and it's, it goes for any player. Obviously, um, uh, you know, a down he doesn't turn out to be the player they hope and expect, or you know, he looks more like Lamar of you know the latter part of of last year versus the MVP. You know, I mean, you've got those. I, I you know, I'm sure you're happy it's done, but it doesn't come without trepidations for sure. So, but I mean it. You know, as long as he plays well, they'll be happy to pay him and pay him more and extend it, you know. So and obviously, as long as, you know, as as electric as he is, as long as he's healthy, you know, I mean, on any given play, be it with his arm or his legs, he can change the complexion of the game. So, um, you know, you can you can you can you can skimp in other areas, you know, and if they have to win games they have to skimp on defense at some point and have to win games 58 uh, or 38 50, or 38 35 you know 
because your defense isn't as good. Well, as long as your offense is good and Lamar's there and can, like I said, can turn one play into pay dirt, then, you know, I, you know, I think that you're going to have, I mean, you're going to have to, I mean, it's just the way it is. They're going to have to rely on draft picks and that's why they loaded up on draft picks the last couple of years. I think it was 29 draft picks over the three prior years. Um, now this year was only six. Um, next year they'll have seven because they, I know they traded one this, they traded their six this year for Voorhees, but they got it. They have a seventh for Chuck Clark next year. So they'll still have uh, at least seven picks that they, they drop down around, but Voorhees is going to be almost like a six round draft pick next year. I mean, he's going to red shirt. And um, so I, I thought that was a great move um, for a guy that's supposed to be a third or fourth round pick. And, you know, I mean, you only get three years, not four years of him, but, uh, but assuming he, you know, I mean, his injury happened back, you know, in January or, or was it February. So, you know, he's got it by the time he hits the field next September, he's got 18 months of, of uh, you know, of recovery. So, so I mean, it's they're going to have to pick and choose. I mean, they've always had to pick and choose. You know, with Flacco's deal, they were picking and choosing. And, you know, I mean, so that's that. But they're going to have to draft well again. I mean, that's that's the bottom line. I mean, they're in their heyday years. They were able to let you know, big name players go because they were drafting so, so well. And I mean, I think they've come a little more back to the pack than they were. I mean, they were so good at it for so many years. Um, and now they're just very good or good, you know, or, or, or wherever you want to put it. They're certainly in the top half, but, um, but I think, I think other teams have just gotten better and made it. I mean, there's just so much information out there now that didn't exist back in the, you know, the late nineties and early two thousands. So, um, but that's going to be the key now, especially they're going to, they're going to hoard draft picks like they never have before. And they've always done it, you know, uh, because they're going to need that cheap labor, but if they can draft, well, I don't, I don't see any, any concerns, uh, you know, going forward. I don't think the contract's going to, I mean, it's going to, like I said, it's going to, it's not, it's going to make things a little more, difficult but i don't think it's certainly the end of the world yeah so so no second round draft picks traded anymore brian is, is that what you're saying? yeah well i mean i you know i mean i guess if that one guy is out there but you know of course <laughs> they can always trade a second round and then move back in the first and pick up extra picks they didn't do it this year because flowers was sitting there waiting for them but um yeah but i mean i think i they just get i got to draft well i think that's the bottom line and that's always been the bread and butter yeah, it has been. And speaking of draft picks, Brian, it seems like the Ravens, well, they only had six guys this year. It's not like the 10 and 11 players of, of the years past over the past few years. So all but one player is signed, and that is Zay Flowers. At least at the time of this recording, he's not signed. Do you do you know what the holdup is with that contract and kind of why it hasn't been put pen to paper yet? No, I don't think so. I mean, league-wide, I think only about 20% maybe, and that may be high, of players have been signed. Um, so, I, you know, and, and first, most of these are all slotted. So there's really for first round picks, it's all it's going to be fully guaranteed, um, you know, that over time they went from, you know, in the first year of the this new slotted system, I think maybe only the top 15 players got fully guaranteed. And then the next year it was 16 or 17 and 18, you know, and it just went up. And now, you know, so this just this past year was the first year all first round picks were fully guaranteed. Now the second round picks are started at higher second round picks are starting that. So it just kind of moves along that way. So um, the only, the only issue really for first round picks now is what are, or offsets um, that if you get cut by the Ravens and it's fully guaranteed, but you sign with somebody else, the Ravens get that money back for whatever you signed with, with the other team. 
I don't see where that's a holdup. It used to be holdups in top 10 in the top 10 because now granted, if you get, if you're the top 10, you get, you get cut. I'm not sure what, you know, what the, the uh, offsets really matter, but it became an issue. So I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't see it being an issue. Um, and it, they just had their first, you know, their mini camp, I think over the next couple of weeks, I think I'm trying to remember what two players last year, one of them being a Jabo, which didn't really matter because he wasn't. And now that, that was partially about how they were going to handle him on on NFI or PUP because it, it has an effect on his future free agency or earning a year towards free agency. So I think that's why that one took so long. And But there was somebody else that signed relatively late and it didn't make a whole lot of sense. But, you know, as long as they're there at OTAs and, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter, they'll get done. Yeah, and I th- the thing with Ajabo was didn't his situation make him not be able to go on IR when it happened and they had to, like, keep him on the roster? Well, they, they, they there was something about they they missed the timing for the NFI designation. They had to put him on right. at the beginning of camp. Um, but I'm not sure that that really – I don't know that that was really it because if he'd gone on NFI, he would not have got, accrued a season towards free agency. Um, which meant, which means, which would have meant instead of being a free agent after his fourth year, it would have been after his fifth year. The Ravens would have had him for four years, not four years, five years, four the last year, and then four more because he wouldn't have, he wouldn't have been a free agent after the fourth year. So I think that was probably his agent saying, we don't want NFI uh, or, you know, and then kind of forcing them to, you know, and and the Ravens are usually pretty good. We'll be interested to see how they handle Vories as well. Um, because he could go on NFI, even though it's not, I know non-football injury, but unfortunately it, even though they both were football injuries while working out and, and, you know, and, um, Ajabo's was, I think his was at his, um, his was at Michigan during his pro day, I think. Yeah. And, and Voorhees was obviously at the combine. So, um, it, they sound like football injuries to me, but they don't count unfortunately for this. So, um, so yeah, so I think I'm, he'll, we'll probably see him go on PUP. Uh, at the beginning of camp and then obviously stay on the whole year. Cause it doesn't sound like there's much chance of him being back. Like the uh, job kind of got back, but he never really obviously did never, did he see a snap at all? I saw a couple snaps, I think. Yeah. He, yeah. He's all a couple, but I, yeah. I think, yeah, Voorhees doesn't have, I think it's probably a red shirt year for him. Yes. He'll just yeah, be in there, sure. not play the year, but it's, it's crazy to think Brian, how like the, the contracts of these draft picks have changed and not even just first rounders. I mean, I think it was for, I don't know how many years it was, but the third rounders it took forever. I think didn't take them forever to sign Ben Cleveland a couple of years ago because of, of what, maybe I'm remembering it wrong, but yeah. Yeah. So the third him. round picks have the ability um, after, after that, every, um, well, first year, every player, first round through seventh through comp through uh, even undrafted guys get the minimum base salary. And of course, then they get their signing bonus. Um, then for first and second round picks, those contracts go up 25% each year. Whereas the other draft picks um, certainly fourth, well, used to be four through seven would just have the minimum base salary, which goes up about a hundred grand each year, give or take. Um, in the past, the third round, though, there was a there was some ability. They they didn't get 25 percent uh, adjustment, but they got they, they but they got more than those minimum base salaries. So it could even be it could be something like just 20 grand or you know 30 or 50 or something like that. So there's a little bit of wiggle room there. Now, as of this past this last draft, 
all of the third round picks got the maximum. So they, they did get the 25%. Um, so, and again, it was in the, you know, it was the first in the cup in the beginning in the, in the third round picks, the first couple got that. And then, then became 10 and then 12 and so forth. And now, so now the fourth round is the sort of the battleground. Um, now, um, uh, Robinson was picked later in the fourth. So he just got a, a straight old fashioned deal. Uh, no 25% bump. All his base salaries are just the minimum salaries. And of course, the signing bonus. And the signing bonus is the only thing guaranteed. So Simpson w- was easier to sign as a third round pick just because, again, he was going to get he was going to get that 25% bump each year um, since that was precedent based on last year. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's crazy now that we're seeing these undrafted guys getting more guarantees than sixth rounders. Like, I know we were talking before the show, Brian, it's almost better to be undrafted now than it is to be a sixth or seventh rounder. Oh, yeah. Being Mr. Irrelevant is not a good thing. You know, I mean, it really is. And unless you go to the right team like Brock Purdy did and fate, you know, uh, intervenes. But uh, obviously nobody ever when they drafted him never expected it to come to that. So, yeah, I mean, these fully these. uh you know, some of these guarantees, these are some of these were big, big guarantees. It used to, and the Ravens usually don't give those. And I remember Ozzy going way back is we're out, we're not offering you money. We're offering you an opportunity. And, you know, and you come here and, you know, back then they had that streak of undrafted free agents. that was forever. And I think what, two years ago, maybe it was that ended, yeah. um, you know, so, um, you know, I think they, they gave, they've given a little bit and we haven't seen all of the numbers on the, on the undrafted free agents, but the most they gave was a $40,000 guarantee on base salary. And I think, I think there was a, I think that was a bonus. So it was 60 total because there was a signing bonus plus the 40. Um, and, and now that it doesn't really matter that much because all of those deals have offsets. So that 40 and the guys that are getting the big, big I mean, they're going to be on their that team's practice squad and that's going to offset what they, you know, so every week, they, so they, you know, every week that they're on the practice squad, that just offsets that guaranteed money. So, uh, or if they go, or if they end up signing somewhere else, same thing. There's offsets there. So the the team, as long as the player isn't just a total bust <laughs> and doesn't get doesn't play anywhere, the team's really getting that money back. And it's such an interest. You know, all these contracts. Now, I mean, by the time maybe like 2040, seventh rounders will have their contracts fully guaranteed, just with the way the TV deals are, the cap. But the Ravens again, only Zay Flowers is left for them, at least at the time of this recording. So hopefully that gets uh shored up pretty quickly. Brian, I appreciate you hopping on. Thanks so much Absolutely. for joining me here. And and please tell people where they can find you and what you're working on now. Sure, sure. So I'm at Raven Salary Cap on Twitter, as long as Twitter stays around and uh, or whatever, we'll figure out what comes next if something comes next. And then obviously my articles are on Russell Street Report. Anytime you need the most up to date cap space, that's what that's the place to find it. And uh, contract details, there's a page there for all of those. And then anytime an article, I need to write an article. Uh, which from here on probably won't be many, uh, but obviously in you know January and February and March that's when uh, that's when the, my my writing days come back. So um, so yeah, so that's where to find me. Yeah, be sure to check it out. All those will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a follow on Twitter too. It's the it is the most up to date Raven salary information. So be sure to check them out there. But Brian, I appreciate you again. Thank you so much. And Thank that's you. all I have for you here today on Locked On Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm gonna get back here tomorrow. More Ravens content. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here. Tomorrow.